Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. And this is your temple of the night. Your temple of the night up the great highway. Turn right at the Caldera, over the river and through the woods. Past the sheep herders and the old windmill. And then it's just down a couple of switchbacks headed toward the state highway. You see the great wild sagebrush plain rising up to Pinion Forest. And then that magnificent crown of white granite rising up from the ancient crescent of trees. The Great Temple. The Grove of Santa Minerva. This is also the 200th episode of Desert Oracle Radio. Should have had a party or something. Where is everybody anyway? I get it. It's just me. Just Me and Some Landscapes of Sound by Red, Blue, Black, Silver. But by long tradition, he is somewhere else. Nobody really knows where. So we get his tracks by wire somehow or wireless nobody knows it's all run on innuendo nonverbal clues weather conditions What happened is he had always dreamed of going on one of those cargo freighter cruises.
where you're a passenger on a packet carrier of some kind, a smaller vessel that's running a loop with a lot of stops, island hopping, a sort of swashbuckling vacation, a foul-mouthed crew of sketchy characters from the Balkans and Trinidad. And they've all got this same tattoo. This symbol. Well, you can imagine where this is going. They liked the vibes, having Red, Blue, Black, Silver recording his music out in the open on the deck and the tropical breeze. When they'd anchor off that beautiful little lagoon with the white plastered little houses on the hillside over the narrow band of beach. thick green forest rising up to the mountain, rising up to the volcano. Well, one morning, red, blue, black, silver wakes up and there it is, the tattoo. None of us ever saw him again. It's for the best, I suppose. This has always been a late-night radio program. And late-night radio is primarily a solo endeavor. I just gotta face the truth about it all. I've been thinking about this episode, this particular episode of Desert Oracle Radio for a long time now. Because if you ever look at our uh, website on the internet, you'll see the episodes are numbered. Joe Rogan and I came up with that together some years back at the Giraffe Fights. And you can't avoid being aware when a big one is coming up. 200. And then I had to miss the actual broadcast last Friday because I had to drive the usual half day to see a doctor because we have no doctors up here in the high desert where I'm at. There used to be a couple of doctors up here. Not good ones. But if he got shot or something. But now I'm here, more or less. And I bring you glad 
glad tidings because we are just a few hours from the autumn equinox. Reaching the Pacific time zone just before midnight tonight, 11.50 p.m., September 22, this autumn equinox. Maybe it has already passed if you're listening to the podcast of this radio program. But right now, it's just ahead. And the autumn equinox means we are moving into the influence of the constellation of Libra. The balance of heaven, as the Babylonians called it. To see Libra, as the Romans described this constellation, look for the Big Dipper in the northwestern night sky, and then you arc to Arcturus, as they say, up at the observatory, which means you look down and to the left. Down and to the left. For Big Bright Arcturus. And then over the seemingly dead stick figure of Virgo and Libra is just beyond. Right between the claws of Scorpius. Libra often finds itself in such situations trapped there between Scorpio and Virgo. This is why the astrological sign of Libra is a diplomatic sign. One of balance, with a focus on tranquility and beauty. That knows it takes focus. Arcturus, you may remember, means guardian of the bear. Arctos means bear which is the great bear, in this case, the one we call Big Dipper because it likes to get in our swimming pools. It's not the brightest constellation, Libra, but you can see it clearly in the desert sky as long as you're a good ways out of town, away from the bright lights that poison our nighttime world. It looks like a set of scales, sort of. I mean, it looks more like a set of scales than that headless stick figure of Virgo. Looks like a maiden. The brightest stars in Libra go from the top of the scale over to the left side, and these two stars have truly fantastic names. Zubinel Janubi and Zubinesh Shamali. Says the astronomy site EarthSky, the names rhyme with Obi-Wan Kenobi of Star Wars. Well, sort of, I guess. If you're charitable about the definition of the word rhymes... But they do have that rhythm, at least, or they can have that rhythm. Zubinel Janubi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Zubinay Shamali, 
Obi-Wan Shamali. The signs of autumn are more subtle in the desert. With the major change being the return of cooler, longer nights. Pretty much without fail, by the end of September, you can leave the windows open at night. In the high desert, anyway. And the coyote melons are usually ready by the autumn equinox, but ready for what? You can't really eat them. But you can carve a jack-o'-lantern in the coyote gourds. Or paint on a terrible face, or just pile up a couple of loose coyote melons around your doorway to welcome friends and discourage house demons. If you live near one of our occasional sources of water, like a creek or a stream, You might have some cottonwood trees around, and these become as beautiful with their fall colors as any quaking aspen in Mono County or even the New England sugar maple. This autumn is getting off to a strange start. As here in the Mojave High Desert, there are carpets of little yellow wildflowers everywhere, thanks to the hurricane. Old Hurricane Hillary, which soaked us all pretty good a month ago. I've never had so many weeds in late September. It looks like I have to get the pygmy goats back over here for the weekend. Monsoon rains do this in other parts of our American deserts, but it's rare in the Mojave. Astrologers will tell you that your sun sign is one of many factors in a personality and that the specifics of your birth, the geographic location, for instance, the precise time, etc., weigh more heavily than the popular sun sign horoscopes that became dominant in media in the 1930s and 1940s, nearly a century ago. Radio played a large part in this story, especially in North America, where the radio psychics could be heard everywhere. The federal government got worried that somebody might be having some fun somewhere, so the radio psychics were banned from U.S. airwaves, but continued to have big audiences on the border blaster stations out of Mexico. During both phases of the astrology craze, on domestic radio and on the border blaster stations, and the border blasters were the stations that would 
Later send out Wolfman Jack's rock and roll show across the nation, that kind of thing. But starting on New York City radio and then moving down to the station south of the Rio Grande was the biggest star of astrology in those days, Evangeline Adams. And along with her ghostwriter, the British occultist Aleister Crowley, Evangeline Adams did more than anybody to popularize sun sign astrology. But Adams and Crowley were equally dedicated to natal astrology regarding the position of the planets at birth and what's called horary astrology. That's spelled H-O-R-A-R-Y, not with the W-H. And that regards the position of the planets and constellations in the present and the future. Or in the past, if you're trying to go back and figure out what the astrological conditions were like, say, for... Archduke Franz Ferdinand being assassinated. That was a popular one to go back and look at. What was going on in the stars and the planets? Because we knew what was going on in the Balkans, and it was not good, ultimately. The problem with such people is that they are eventually compelled to crank out material for a hungry audience regardless of inspiration and the availability of real prophecy. Because both inspiration and prophecy are fickle muses. So Ms. Adams is mostly remembered today for giving some very bad investment advice in the months ahead of the stock market crash of 19 and 29. And with that disclaimer out of the way, here are some historical people born under the Libra sign. Well, there's Kubla Khan, born on the equinox of September 23 in the year 1215. Oscar Wilde, born in Dublin on October 16, 1854. John Lennon, uh, another Irish writer, October 9, 1940. Brigitte Bardot, September 28, 1934. Chrissy Hines says Bridget but she's from Ohio. Lee Harvey Oswald, born in New Orleans on October 18, 1939. Vladimir Putin, October 7, 1952. Sigourney Weaver, a classic Libra, Born in New York City on October 8, 1949. 
F. Scott Fitzgerald, September 24, 1896, in St. Paul, Minnesota, a little too close to other sign to get the full benefit of the Libra balance. Jerry Lee Lewis, September 29, 1935, I believe in Faraday, Louisiana. The killer. John Coltrane, September 23, 1926, another Equinox birth in Hamlet, North Carolina. Václav Havel, born in Prague on October 5, 1936. And Jim Henson, September 24, 1936, born in Greenville, Mississippi. Ray Charles, the genius, born in Georgia on September 23rd, 1930. And finally, Aleister Crowley himself, who was born on October 12, 1875. Exactly 90 years before my own day of birth, it turns out. Autumn Equinox calls for an autumn poem. But all the usual suspects are worn out with ten-year-old Twitter jokes and... You know, with the ten-year-old Twitter jokes, people are trying to act like they read poetry or they know poetry. And so they roll out this one stupid thing about, like, plums in the icebox. They need to stop. Go back to listening to video game soundtracks. Ordering fast food for delivery. Let's find something different and truly appropriate with good reason many of us think of Edgar Allan Poe when we think about this moody season. Here's one I like that I don't see mentioned too often. From childhood's hour, I have not been as others were. I have not seen as others saw. I could not bring... My passions from a common spring. From the same source I have not taken, My sorrow I could not awaken, My heart to joy at the same tone, And all I loved I loved alone. Was drawn 
From every depth of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tent of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm, and the cloud that took the form when the rest of heaven was blue, of a demon in my view. Isaacs and across the great Mojave wilderness, you have been listening to Desert Oracle Radio with musical soundscapes by our own Red, Blue, Black, Silver, and I am your host, Ken Lane. On Saturday night, October 20, I will be bringing Desert Oracle Radio to the spooky old ruins of the Hot Springs Bathhouse in Hakumba on the edge of the desert. Hakumba Hot Springs has east of San Diego. If you want to go, you just show up. They're going to ask you for a donation. $20, I believe. If you're running low, just act like a 10 is two 10s and just sort of wave the folded bill under the guy's eyes and he'll be looking at something else anyway. Eight PM on Friday, October twentieth in the prime time of the Western American Autumn. And let's see, what else? Can I say this yet? It looks like we're going to have an event in the high desert on Halloween weekend. It looks like Sunday night. I'll tell you more next week. I have to I have to run it by the sheriff's office. Thank you, friends, for listening all over the American Southwest and beyond. You can visit our website, which I do update every week, desertoracle.com. Click Desert Oracle Radio. And good night from the voice of the desert. (laughs) 